Radio. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. Yes. What is happening? How you doing? It is Thursday, April 12th. It's your morning ritual. Me, Gary Lewis. KNST AM 792 songs. Most stimulating talk. It's Beer Club Thursday. That's right. Mr. Ons tonight, 5 to 7. I'll be there. Oracle and Rudisil. But anyway, let me give you three things that I think you need to know. Uh, number one. I thought this is a pretty big flipping deal. Right here in Arizona. I guess part of that caravan made it across the border. And what you had was... A man that claimed to be an unaccompanied minor, turns out he was not a minor, crossed the border illegally, turns out he's also an MS-13 gang member. Yes, thank you for the caravan, Mexico and Honduras and everybody and that people without borders crap. I'll get into that. Oh yeah, no, that's a big deal. That is a huge deal. Uh, second thing that I think you need to know is a uh, apparently a teacher strike is getting closer and closer, at least a walkout here in Arizona. Uh, it, uh, apparently, the teachers are trying to figure out if they have support because they might shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, if all of a sudden you piss off the people that are going to pay your salary, all the taxpayers, might not be good for you. Um, but they are uh, they are gauged. They did walk-ins. They'd stand on the you know on the side of the schools before school started. Uh, but Arizona Educators United has announced it will stage a walkout. Meaning teachers will leave during school hours, but they haven't set a date yet. They have not set a date. So uh, we'll see as that continues. And by the way, uh, there's a story in the Arizona Republic where um, one of the teachers, I know it's just one, but they say, we want to make it hurt. Yes, that's what we, yep. We, we, they have to feel it. People have to feel, parents have to feel it. Excuse me. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Third thing. That I think you need to know another California town has voted to support the federal lawsuit against California's sanctuary state law. Westminster, California, joining Orange and Newport Beach inside of Orange County. Uh, More and more of these California cities are fighting back and saying enough is enough. This is just stupid. This is dumb. This is crazy. This is. Oh, yeah. So. Maybe there's some hope. I mean, just people think that everything's going to hell in a handbasket and the country's going down and everything else, even with Trump as pres. Uh, you know, even when Californians can actually start to act somewhat, somewhat normally, somewhat normally, then um, maybe there is some hope, huh? Three things I think you need to know. Now, this is, uh, and by the way, 710 this morning. I'm already getting calls. About it? Yep. That's you, what I was doing. You know, okay, well, thank thank you. People You're calling welcome. before the show started. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, if you missed it yesterday, there was a lady that called at the end of the show. She is a data scientist. That works, pretty much. And she sent me information, all this stuff, um, about these Facebook Zuckerberg hearings, basically how, uh, and again, the big thing is, did we put the Scalise audio in the system yesterday, or did I just play it from my end? Because I can get it. I can't remember if we put it in yesterday. Because it was a last-second thing. Um, yes, 
That's that's the one. We'll play that in a second. So anyway, there's this whole big uh, hubbub. We know Facebook. Facebook collects data. Uh, whether it meant to start that way or not, who knows? Who knows? But Facebook collects data because people put data on there. Like, this is what I just don't understand. People literally put data on there, and they willingly do it. So then people can literally scour if they, I mean, you could just go look at somebody if they don't keep their account private and, and find out what people like and don't like. It's really not that hard. So then you get these people that create algorithms with an app and everything else, and they can basically look for people that like certain kinds of things. So, you know, they're in a group that, that you can reach with whatever your product is, whether it's a, a slice of pizza, uh, whether it's a car, whether it's a politician trying to get you to vote for him or her. So it's there. And Obama's team, back in the 2012 campaign, they took advantage of this. And Facebook caught on to them, according to Obama, one of Obama's campaign directors, Carol Davidson. We talked about this. She said, oh, yeah, Facebook knew what we were doing. Uh, but they let it go because we were on the same team. They let it happen. They supported us uh, because we basically created an app that collected not just the people that downloaded the app's uh, data, but all their friends' data that they had on Facebook. And it could have been 190, as many as 190 million people. They did all that. They took all that data. And, and by the way, honestly, people put it on there, whatever. Now you could say it's not right, but if you willingly put your information out there, what I, I still don't understand. What, what do you expect? Listen, we've come a long way. Oh, and by the way, this, so here's the thing. So then Trump's people did the same thing, and now all of a sudden that's how he won and why he won. Every month it's a new reason as to why he won because they can't accept the fact that he won legitimately and Hillary is a, was a horrible candidate, and people had enough. People had enough. It's still hard for me to get my mind wrapped around this because I'm in my own bubble and I'm thinking it's just obvious. But they use this data to, to contact people, to get them to go to vote, to contact them, to find out where they live somehow, knock on their door, talk to them one-on-one -on -one about things. This is what they do. Democrat Party is better at it than the Republicans, but Trump still won. So anyway, you have these lawmakers bringing Zuckerberg to Capitol Hill, asking them about stupid things that they don't know about. But then I'm thinking, do they? Do they not know about it? Because allow they, me to get it, you your hat. Yeah, I know my conspiracy theory hat. Just, That's just okay. think about this, okay? And I'm going to ask Sheila this. She's the one that called in. We're going to talk to her at seven ten this morning because she studied this. She studies the numbers and everything. She's like, it's quite frightening or eye opening. I don't want to say it's frightening. I think it's eye opening. I don't like the fear factor. It's eye opening. That politicians use this to track down people to get them to go vote. But can you blame them? Can you blame them? So, and let me just go back one more step. Because in the old days, what did they do? They put people in a mall, in a room, and asked them questions. What do you like? When, when are you going to buy a mattress? <laughs> you know, how often do you buy sneakers, jeans? Uh, do you like to travel? Do you like to, they, they'd ask people all kinds of stuff. And who knows if people would actually answer honestly. Who knows if they were influenced by other people around them. A lot of times people will, they get nervous and they start, instead of answering honestly, they start to think about what would that person like to hear me say? What should my answer be? What, what is, you know, what do I, oh, I buy a mattress so often because I want to think that I have more money than I do. You know, who knows what they do? So advertisers 
always want to get as much information about people so they can reach them, right? Look, that's what we do here at KNST. I mean, we don't we don't take your stuff, we don't take your data, but there's a certain demographic, generally speaking. I mean, we'll still have the occasional 15-year-old, 18-year-old, 22-year-old that's listening. But we know people that listen, for the most part, they fit a particular style where they're a person that makes X amount of dollars, that owns a home, all this stuff, right? And it's different from uh, some of our other stations in the building that we have here. It differs dramatically from Hot 98.3, which is much, much younger demographic. Different kind of lifestyle. That kind of stuff, right? Different values right now. So everybody, but there's still advertisers that want to reach them for, you know, thinking that they'll buy their particular product. That's just how it works. That's how it works. So we've come a long way from trying to ask people or asking people what their, what their likes are, what their dislikes are, that kind of stuff, to where now there's an actual forum in Facebook that people willingly write down this information. They willingly share this information. And I don't know if it makes them feel better about it. I don't know if they just... Why do you put down what you like? Why do you... I've never understood the whole checking in at certain places. Except, again, some people just, you know, they want other people to think like their life is better than what it is. Look at me. I'm at blah, blah, blah. Look at me. I'm traveling. I'm at the airport. Hello. Go rob my house. You know, that's all I think right there. Like, why do you want to let people know? So... Anyway, uh, it's it's a big deal. And then you start thinking in your conspiracy ways. Zuckerberg created Facebook. At that point, did the government realize this is a great tool that can be used to gather data? And then did politicians say, man, this is a really good tool for where we can get people that may want to vote for us but may not go out and actually do it and we can find them and motivate them to go do it? That's that's where I'm that that that's where my mind is going right now. And I, I sit back and say, maybe the reason that these politicians asked stupid questions for the last two days, some of them asked about diamond and silk, which is important and, and bias, which is important. But there really isn't gonna be anything that comes of this, right? It was a show for two days. What comes of this? What what is Zuckerberg going to do? You know what Zuckerberg did? He made himself more rich. His stock went up like 5.5% over the past couple of days because people started thinking, all right, they're going to be okay. So he gained like $3.5 billion of value by giving his non-answers over the last couple of days. But then I'm thinking, is the reason that politicians really didn't dig in and ask the simple things of, do you let politicians collect people's data? Uh, why did you let, and, and Scalise asked this, why did you let Obama's team do this, but you're making a big deal about Trump's team doing it? And Zuckerberg gave a lame answer. Well, no, that's just not true. Is it because both Republicans and Democrats both realize this, I, I can use this to my advantage, so I don't want to bring too much attention to this. I'll have to go through the motions and ask some random questions and kill four minutes of time that I get with Mark Zuckerberg but I don't want to really make too much of it. I got to act like I do. So I'll, t- I'll, I'll ask about diamond and silk and bias. There'll be no answer. It'll look like I asked, but then we let it go. It'll go away. People forget about it by next week. And then I can use this to get reelected myself. I never wanted to wear a tinfoil hat. So anyway, 
Well, this sort of mechanism exists in almost every app you own, even Amazon, when you're just cruising around looking for things. And I don't think it's sinister. I don't think it's sinister either, but it's it's data collection on you. Well, that's like when you, you know, the same thing happens if you have cable or satellite TV. You know, it's going to recommend certain shows. Mm-hmm. But they're learning about you. And that's the whole thing. It's artificial intelligence, learning about your likes. and just, So that makes your life, life easier, but at the same time... Then it knows about you. And then you start thinking, well, what if I don't want it to know? But, and then who else is going to see this information that mm-hmm. knows about me? That's it right there. But some people don't care. Some people do. Which boat are you in? They cares or don't cares? I like to stay as private as I possibly can, which is kind of funny considering I have this job. But I really do. I, but I, same here. But I think that's why we like to stay private. It's because we do have this job. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you can comment if you'd like. Was that too deep? I'm not trying to get too deep about this, but it just hit me that maybe this, you know, it hit me as I'm reading through this information that Sheila sent me and I'm reading through this information, watching some of the questions and the hearings. And I'm like, what if they really don't want anything to come of this? Because they just want to keep using Facebook for their own good. Yeah. So there's not some big public outcry. And they could say, we tried. What do you want from us? We tried. I mean, at one point there was talk about splitting it up. Into parts, Facebook. Um, and that talk went away. I haven't heard about it in the past mm. couple of days. It's crazy. Well, we'll hear, I'll let you crazy. hear Scalise's question again. We'll do it when we come back. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. And we'll talk about the uh, MS-13 gang member that was part of the caravan. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Part of the caravan. That broke up, but 61 people tried to cross the Arizona border. Isn't that nice? We'll get to that coming up. Three minutes, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Leading talk. I feel like that every day. I know more than everybody else when I get to work. Is this while you're in the car? It's all the time. It's not even, it's just at work, at home, especially at home. But anyway. Right. Right, yes. All right, uh, 640. Thank you for hanging out on this Thursday. Come to mommy. I, I may have to at this point. <laughs> uh, there are three, th- three things uh, that I think you need to know. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, The first thing that I think you need to know, I think this is a big deal. Uh, MS-13 gang member was part of the caravan, crossed our border. Actually, coming up here, I'll give you more details on that in a second. He's part of that caravan. Nothing but good people trying to do the best thing. And, oh, it's just they're leaving the country because of the violence. And they're bringing it here. Second thing that I think you need to know uh, Arizona teachers getting closer to a walkout, getting closer and closer and closer to that walkout. They haven't set a date yet, but watch out. They're trying to gauge if parents will be upset behind it. Who knows? They don't think it's fair. Eight straight days, by the way. Eight straight school days in Oklahoma, they've been uh, on a walkout. Uh, third thing, I think you need to know another California town has joined the federal lawsuit against California's sanctuary state law, Westminster, California. Yesterday, we found out that Orange and Newport Beach, inside Orange County, also opposed the sanctuary state law. So more and more normalcy. They got a lot to go, by the way, a lot to get there, but more and more normalcy is happening in California. Three things I think you need to know. Uh, So this story from Breitbart, you know, nobody else has this. Why should any of our local uh, media have this? Because that'd just be crazy, right? I don't know. MS-13 member posing as unaccompanied minor was linked to the migrant caravan, says Border Patrol. Can't trust that Border Patrol, can you? 
They told Breitbart, Texas, the MS-13 gang member, who presented himself as an unaccompanied minor, and the group he traveled with were part of the Central American migrant caravan. Individuals from and portions of that caravan are now arriving on U.S. soil. So there are agents assigned to the Yuma uh, Yuma Station. They came upon a large group of 61 illegal aliens who crossed the border Monday afternoon. It was near the St. Louis uh, port of entry. They consisted of a single Mexican national, 59 Guatemalans, and one Salvadoran. The one Salvadoran claimed to be an unaccompanied minor. That's according to information provided to Breitbart, Texas, from the Yuma sector, sector public affairs officials. So again, this is not just random people making up this stuff. They're literally handing over documentation, official documentation. Border Patrol spokesman Justin Callinger told Breitbart, Texas, we question the members of the group and confirm they are part of the caravan of Central Americans who were reported to be traveling to the U.S. Now remember, it was at most 1,500, now 61 come across. But still, they're here. So they took the group of 61 foreign nationals into custody. Agents determined one of the people claiming to be an unaccompanied minor was actually an adult. But Obama was like, let them on through. Not a problem. Let them on through. By the way, where's the uh, outrage from John McCain and Jeff Flake about this? Or Martha McSilent. Where, where is it? The Honduran man also confessed to being a member of MS-13. And he said he was headed to Los Angeles. Coming here to escape the violence. Yes. Callinger, the Border Patrol spokesman, said the Yuma sector has seen an uptick in larger groups, mostly from Guatemala and Honduras. Of those in the group of 60 migrants, more than 90% were unaccompanied minors or family reunites, he explained. The juveniles ranged in age from one year to 17. One year. So illegals come here, they come here illegally, and they get reunited with their family that's here illegally. Isn't that nice? So officials identified the Salvadoran as 18-year-old Herbert Giovanni Agueta-Chavez. The MS-13 gang member told agents he was, quote, trying to separate from the gang. Right. Right. Sure. Um, again, this is part of the, um, part of the group of the caravan. And what was it? It was the people without borders and they, it was in Spanish. This is what was coming here. And we have to sit back and just, uh, just sit back. Oh, this, it, it's just good people. It's just really good people. Oh yeah. That's what it is. I played the CNN uh, story from a couple days ago. I ran, I think it was when you were gone, uh, where the CNN reporter was embedded in a bus. Even though the man, we were told the, the caravan has disbanded. But all they did was break them into smaller parts. Too noticeable. Too much attention to be 1,500 people. Remember, they even admitted this. They even admitted this. And uh, the CNN reporter asked, uh, who's going to stay in Mexico? Who's going to not one raise their hand? Who's going to go to America? Almost all of them raised their hand. She goes, well, some aren't answering. Give me a break, some are. Give me a break. I have the video on my page at knst.com. Oh, it's there for you. You should see it. My goodness. Um, so nothing, nothing for there. Oh, by the way, there's another one. Remember when the media lost its mind about uh, Trump 
going off the cuff and saying that uh, with the border, there were rapists coming over. Women are getting raped as they try to enter our country illegally, making their way through Mexico. How do you know? You have no proof and blah, 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 blah. Notice they shut up about that pretty quickly. Because Amnesty International had the proof as well. They act as if this doesn't happen. The rape trees. We went over all this stuff, right? Well, um, story from Breitbart, again, because they're the only ones that report this kind of stuff. Border Patrol agents in the Rio Grande Valley sector reported the arrests of numerous previously deported criminal aliens. But a wall won't help, right? Those arrested after illegally crossing the border included convicted rapists. What? Remember what Trump said they're sending over rapists, drug smugglers, and of course some are probably good people. How can you say that, you racist? How does that make you racist? I don't know. Because I guess they're trying to make you think that every Mexican's a rapist, which is the dumbest thing. Because when you have no answer, you just say racist. Like that idiot Augie Romero, that, that soon to be fired. He was fired soon to be not working. For the good of the children. What makes the them Pueblo racist? High School. They're racist. Yeah, you know, play, play that, play that one more time. Augie, Augie Romero. Is it? is it from yesterday? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Augie Romero, the former, or he's still the Pueblo principal for now, Pueblo High School. But he was fired. He got caught changing the grades of six students so they can graduate. Uh, he overrode the teachers. It was totally illegal against state law, against district policy. So the, the board rescinded his contract. And he's a big Mexican American studies pusher. He was one of the biggest proponents of the original program. Uh, and of course, since he got caught changing the grades of six students, the only reason he was fired is because he's racist, right? Here we go. This is the history of racism. That border's racist. For what reasons? They're racist. There you go. So, you know, when in doubt, everybody's racist. And by the way, Raul's daughter, play 146 since we're on this, and we'll get back to the rape story in a second. Adelita Grajalva, Raul's daughter on the TUSD board, was asked by KVOA if she agreed with that. And of course she did. Here we go. She's on the board. This is about grudges, and I hope that the board members who oh, no, vote no, no, for this item Hang on. get their pound of flesh. That was that, but then the one she put, I'm sorry, what, the one From today? Yeah, number four. Sorry, number four. Oh, here we go. They asked her again. Here we go. I do. I do. I think that there are ties to the fact that Dr. Romero has always and consistently pushed for higher achievement for our children of color. It's because she said, do you think it was racist? I do. I do. And apparently she claims he was fired because he was hoping that children of color would do better in school, which, of course, the white board members that voted to rescind his contract, uh, they would never want that, right? I mean, what a stupid thing to say. What, what it, this is the dividing in the company, in, in the community, I should say. This is the, the division. From Adelita freaking Grahalva, and she, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Um, but when a Grahalva apple does fall, it's really loud because it's generally kind of big. But anyway, so... I'm talking about her dad. So anyway, and it falls off the bar stool or breaks the bar stool right down. Oh my. Anyway, Adelita, you know, of course, everything's racist, racist. When you have no actual answer for things, everything's racist. Is it bad that I felt that answer was racist because she, he's only pushing for students of color to achieve that's, that's more. Good point. That's, Why not all the students? Because then you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> because then you're racist about being racist and and like it's it's uh can i be something else racist. no 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 not when it works not when it works no oh, here we go you're okay i know i know so anyway get back to the rape story that apparently trump's racist for saying the truth right 
so they arrested uh, the people came over crossing the border illegally. Convicted rapists, child molesters, and an MS-13 member. One has announced any war in Harris County, Texas, which is in the Houston area. Uh, the arrests occurred in six separate incidents along the Texas border with Mexico over a three-day span. That's from border officials. Um, on Saturday, April 7th, this past Saturday, border agents assigned to McAllen, McAllen Station. They were arrested an Ecuadorian national near Hidalgo, Texas. They took him to the McAllen Station for processing. They discovered he was previously deported following a second-degree rape conviction in New York City. New York City. Conviction. Second-degree rape conviction. Then, later that day, McAllen agents arrested a Mexican national after he illegally crossed the border near La Jolla. They took him for processing. They learned that a Clatsop County, Oregon court previously convicted this Mexican national for two counts of rape. He received a sentence of five years in prison and a 10-year probation. Two rapists, same day. Remember what Trump said? They're sending over rapists and drug dealers. And again, some people, I'm sure, are just good people. One day earlier, that would be Friday, April 6th, agents captured another Mexican national near Hidalgo. A records check revealed that a Texas court in Dallas County convicted this particular Mexican national for, quote, indecent liberties with a child. Indecent liberties with a child, where he received a whopping five-year probated sentence. Later that day, which is Friday, April 6th, agents working near La Jolla arrested a Salvador national after he illegally crossed the border, and they confirmed he is an MS-13 gang member. Yep. Thursday, April 5th, the day before that, agents assigned to a Westlico station. Arrested a Mexican national illegally crossing the border near Hidalgo, Texas. They conducted a biometric background investigation and learned that an Indiana court in, is this Tip, tip Canoe? It looks, it looks that way. T-I-P-P-E-C-A-N-O. Tip Canoe? Tippy Canoe. Tippy Canoe? Tippy Canoe. No, you don't know that. Really? You know Tippy yeah. Canoe, Indiana? Yes. Tippy Canoe. Good for you, man. Thank you. I'm smart. You're still a caduceus. So Tippy Canoe convicted the man of... Uh, the, so the court there convicted this man for sexual misconduct with a minor and sentenced him to 18 months in state prison. And they all have re-entered, by the way. Re-entered. After being arrested for felonies, sex crimes, rapes, gang member, you name it. But again, Trump's one that's bad. 653, we'll continue. It's KNST. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus IHAR radio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's CASH to 200-200. Hello, what's up? It's 7.07 on this Thursday. It's your morning ritual with me, Garrett Lewis, KNST AM 792, Tucson's most stimulating talk. How you doing? There are three things I think you need to know. Number one, uh, Border Patrol agents near Yuma arrested 61 people crossing our border illegally. Um, They said they were part of the caravan. Remember that caravan? One person that claimed to be a minor as part of that caravan turned out he was 18 and an admitted MS-13 gang member. But hey, we should trust the caravan. Open borders, open borders, open borders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that just nice? Isn't that great? Yeah, I'll put that on my Facebook page. Maybe you'll see it, maybe you won't. Now I feel weird talking about Facebook. Facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it. 
I'll tweet it out, at Garrett Lewis on Twitter. Second thing that I think you need to know, Axios has a story, Axios.com. They have a story. Paul Ryan may be forced to leave his speakership by the summer. A source close to leadership said scuttlebutt is that Paul will have to step down from speakership soon. Members won't follow a lame duck. They'll have no leverage to cut deals. Oh. A GOP House member predicted that Ryan will be gone by the end of July. Hmm. Man, oh man, oh man. Good. See you later. Bye. By the way, the uh, there are a bunch of amnesty-loving people. An amnesty group said that he's leaving. Yep. And apparently, uh, sources are saying that Trump loves Kevin McCarthy. Hmm. However, the Freedom Caucus will probably get mad at Trump for that anyway, but what can you do? Uh, third thing I think you need to know, this is actually pretty cool right here. The economy, once again, not getting the credit that it deserves. Here's a couple of things. Weekly jobless claims, Wall Street Journal story, U.S. weekly jobless claims hold below 300,000 for the longest streak on record. Longest streak on record. Because people are getting hired. Pretty cool, huh? Then get this. You know how we cut taxes? Remember that? We cut that big tax cut. Maybe you heard of that. Maybe you did. Um, story from CNS News. Even though they cut taxes, the feds collected record individual income tax through March. But wait a second. They cut taxes. Yeah, people are getting hired. They're spending money. They're getting paid. That's how that's supposed to work. Three things I think you need to know. Now, um, yesterday at the end of the show, we talked to a, uh, a listener named Sheila. And she studies all kinds of these uh, predictive analytics, right? Looks at data. And this is all related to the Mark Zuckerberg stuff. Now, I'm not trying to get wonky or boring or over your head, but this is really incredible stuff. Uh, I still, to this day, don't understand why people are upset at Zuckerberg when people go to his website, they don't pay for it, and they willingly write down their own information, what they like, what they don't like, their opinions. They put down so much personal information about themselves and then get mad when it's shared. What? If you don't like it, don't use it. So anyway, all kinds of people can use this information. Advertisers trying to sell products to, to micro-target and hyper-target the people that will buy their products, and even politicians. And I always said this was a big dog and pony show with Zuckerberg because nobody's asking the big question, and Scalise, Steve Scalise finally asked it. We played in the last hour. It's on my page at KNST.com. Finally asked it. Um, why did you get mad, basically, about uh, Trump using your data when, back in 2012, the Obama campaign used Facebook uh, users' data and you guys knew it, and an and a Obama campaign director, Carol Davidson, said, Facebook knew that we were doing this, and when they found out about it, they said, we know you're doing it, but we're going to let it go because we're on, the same, we're on the same team. We're on the same side. And Zuckerberg said, no, no, that's not accurate. So, of course, Glee's like, well, you're saying she misspoke? Well, yeah, yeah, it's inaccurate, yeah. And then he let it go. But apparently they're all using this. And it's, uh, it's, I think it's, it's really interesting, and... Uh, Sheila is joining us on the phone again today to explain it. She sent her, her information to me, which I thought was interesting. Sheila, good morning. Thanks for getting up early and for uh, joining us again. How you doing? I'm doing good, Garrett. Good, good. Are you sure? You need some coffee? Is everything okay? We call you too early? You all right? No, I've got my coffee here in my hand. Good, 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 good. So uh, <laughs> let, let's just go back to this real quick. You, you study this predictive analytics, right? 
Correct. Yes. Data science, machine learning. That that kind of stuff. Artificial intelligence in a way, right? To basically algorithms to make it easier. So it puts people into groups and that kind of stuff, right? And this this is like, and tell me if I'm wrong here, just so I know it. This is like the uh, the newer version, the newest version, the modern version of what um, people used to do focus groups, right? This is basically a giant focus group. To get people to give information, they would pay people to go to a mall or sit in a mall conference room. And they'd ask questions like, when are you going to buy a mattress? How often do you buy a T-shirt? You know, what do you lo- how often do you go to eat? And they'd put the pe- people put down their, their, uh, demog- their, their age, their race, their ethnicity, all this stuff, because they wanted to get an idea for advertisers about who's interested in their products. This is like a newer way to do it, right? Um, it can be used for that. It's kind of like actuarial science. It's prediction. Okay. So it's, it's data modeling based on... Um, it's determining what factors matter in data when you have a variety of things that you know about people. So they used to use it in insurance to predict when people would die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's when uh, they're using it to predict when people will click and buy and um, vote a certain way and that sort of thing. So it's it's used for a variety of things. Okay. Um, so that that's why. It's, it's, again, trying to figure out, predict what people's behavior is going to be. Which, again, Correct. is not something new. People have tried that forever. I mean, if you're trying to sell a car to someone, you'd love to predict their behavior so you can get them to buy your car. That's just how it works. So Yes. It's not, it's not um, an inexact science, though. It, it's a, it's a, it has an element of inexactness. There's, a, always, um, there's always parts of it that are unknown, but okay. you can predict with relatively good accuracy based on Enormous volumes of data. Okay. And and yeah. um, we, we played this soundbite in the last hour. I did it yesterday um, about how Zuckerberg and his Facebook crew found out that Obama's campaign team basically created an app that uh, they encouraged people to download the app and on Facebook. It was like a Facebook Obama app, whatever it was. And yep. what it did was uh, collect people's information. Hey, download this. And not only did it collect their own information, it collected all of their friends' information, birth dates, everything, a lot of important things about them. So they basically yeah. took advantage of that and collected people's information that maybe didn't want to give it to Obama, but it did anyway. So they, they estimated it could collect as much as 190 million um, people's information, which is incredible. Yeah. And, and you're saying that from that, like everything has changed. It used to be stump speeches and everything else. Now it's not even as much stump speeches. It's it's that Obama and even Trump, right? They had rooms full of people that would constantly dig through this data to figure out who they can target to make sure they get them to go vote on Election Day. Is that right? Yes, they built models that um, in the Obama for America campaign in 2012, they had an, a very extensive data science group that basically ran the election. Everything they did was based on data. Every contact they made, they did experiments to on small subsections of the population before rolling it out to the larger population. Um, they did a lot of things based on the data, and it was an aggregation of data. Facebook was one of the pieces of it, but there was uh, much more than just Facebook um, involved in the data that that was collected. So, um, you know, they just basically went in and and 
with a lot of information about individual types of people. They clustered types of people. They targeted ads based on when those type, what kinds of shows those kinds of people, if they had a demographic they were going after that they knew would be um, easily persuaded from their algorithms, they identified certain characteristics of people, um, <clears throat> then they would go and they would put ads out on specific shows so they were able to control where they um, advertised to attract those particular types of voters. And then the other thing that was done, which I, I had some kind, you know, some issue with, and I think they're looking into as far as some of the articles I'm reading is, um, you know, the app that Obama said was groundbreaking, which was using the network Facebook establishes where you have a centralized person who is on board with the Obama message who downloaded the app, like you said, mm -hmm. and then they trawled their extensive networks, and then they published Obama political information as if it was coming from that particular person when the message really was, um, you know, a centralized campaign message. And, oh. and so... So, so if, I, if I can understand this correctly, Sheila, uh, the Obama campaign would reach out to those people and say, you seem to be on board with what we want. Do you want to help get the president elected, so to speak, in a general way, right? Yes. And they then they downloaded say, the yeah. app, like you said. Okay. And, and then they, they, uh, they, they, they would just post. Would they post things automatically to that person's wall? Or would they give it to the person and have that person post it to their own Facebook wall? Um, so I'm, I'm not a Facebook employee and I'm not in the campaign for um, Obama from what I've read um, on Fox and, and in um, there's other websites, investors uh, daily and mm -hmm. so on and so forth that have, um, they seem to indicate that the, the messages were sent out as though they were basically that person. And they, they, I'm not sure if they actually hit a button that said, I approve of this message and it was distributed or if it just automatically got distributed along those networks, uh, I, 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 I'm sorry, I can't answer the question. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Um, well, so some of these things can yeah. be disguised as advertisements. So you look at shoes, it'll post a shoe post on your, uh, on, on Facebook your wall, on or your Facebook. Twitter, one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah you click, but on, it'll say promoted or it might say advertised, mm, but you have to look closely to, to see that. Provided but, but, by, but, but what yeah. she's saying is that, this app just gave the information. They they figured. Would, I'm 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 just curious because they said, all right, they targeted people that were like the influencers. Would that be like? I wonder if that would be Hollywood people. Would that be people with large no, followings? No, these are ordinary networks of people. So they have um, friend networks. So yeah. in studying this big, huge, enormous data dump that um, you know the the campaign. Uh, talked about that they had access to and, and Facebook knew about. They In studying those people, they find what are called seed nodes. They're um, individuals that um, it, they just tend to, a message when it comes from that person just explodes and it, it cre creates a cascade of add-on tweets from their followers. So I tweet something you retweet it, you add comments to it, it begins a dialogue. It starts with an individual that is, they, they, they determined whose tweets were or whose um, posts, posts in Facebook yeah. 
Yeah, and and sorry, I'm a Twitter person. Uh, but <laughs> and, and Facebook generated the most um, reposts and the comments and so on and so forth. You can determine those things, and it, and it's just it's like a um, the center of the spider web, and it just ripples outward. And and so they and, would and is, stimulate yeah. that center of. Um, and these are ordinary people. Yeah, they just happen to be the people that you tend to get the news from. And they determined who those people were, and then they would um, use that, yeah, yeah, as a they way to get up. It so their... it's like a channel. It's like another TV station, another radio station, another way to access people in that aspect, right? Um, yes. So, and I can can you hang on for me because I have so much more I want to ask you about this, including I mean, it, you sit back and say, did this really make that big of an influence to get Obama oh elected? Did it really? So I, I want to find out yeah. about that because I mean, we're also told that man, people just stayed home because they hated Romney. They didn't want Romney, so that that's why Obama won. Um, and you're <laughs> yeah. laughing about. It. I, I want to get your opinion on this. You're a numbers expert, not me. Hang on for me if you can, okay, Sheila. Thank. Yeah. Hang on for me. Seven twenty-one. We'll continue in five right here on KNST. So, listen. You know, am I just too sim- simple or simple-minded or simplistic? If I'm sitting back saying, you know, I thought Romney would win because I saw how obvious Obama was, how bad he was, and of course, I'm tapped in. You're tapped in, but not everybody is tapped in. Um, but maybe people, and I didn't realize this until after the election, how, how Romney just didn't connect with people. And I think Obama connected with people. I think Trump connected with people. Romney was like a robot and did not connect with people and people didn't trust him overall. You know, I read people saw him as a CEO that, that would, that would fire them, which is why they stayed home. Um, well, I think you're thinking very old school, like okay. in the past, that may have been how it, how it was, um, <clears throat> in 2012, it became very precise. It became identifying um, specific voters who were the easiest and most likely to be persuaded to vote for Obama. They had models that were extraordinarily precise, and they went in and they went after those people. They modeled exactly how many people they needed to win specific areas and then overall win the state and then overall win the presidency. They, they targeted specific people, and they knew how many people they needed to, to go after to, to win the vote. And so they stimulated people that may not have been, um, instead of going after the general populace with general messages, they went after specific people with very customized, tailored experiences for those people to get, because they knew they'd be easily persuaded. They actually had persuadability scores for, for individuals, and it, it was very, very, very exact. There was no, it was a recipe. We need this many people, and these are the people that are going to be the easiest to persuade towards our message, and those are the people they went after. That's where their money got spent, and that's how he won. Wow. So, so let me ask you this. You know that Obama did that, so the yes. Democrats knew about it, Hillary must have tried and failed miserably, I'm assuming. And, and you were worried yesterday when you called into the show that Republicans aren't doing this. But they have to know about it. Are they not doing it now? Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying. I, I think they did to, during this election. They, they used uh, data science uh, for, their, for their campaign. But I, I'm not privy to sure, yeah, what yeah. exactly they did and how they did it. Because I, I just have read, like you, things in the, in the news where it talks about things that they did uh, using the, the data that they had in the RNC. But 
I don't know the specifics of how they did it, but I know that they did use it this time, and, and there's this big, you know, oh, my God, you know, this whole thing with Cambridge Analytica, um, you know, procuring data from a researcher, which, you know, Trump paid Cambridge Analytica to provide assistance with um, his campaign. They had purchased this data from a secondary vendor. If you look, um, this is, this is, there are massive troves of information, um, that are gathered and are used by campaigns. Catalyst is the one that Obama used and they have terabytes of data that they collect and they purchase from secondary vendors. The difference is, is with Obama, there was a lot more, hey, let's share and let's get this done and, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Yahoo and all these different um, places that got together and, and let's elect our president. And, you know, with Trump, it was uh, not quite the same. I, I don't think the degree that you see, uh, you know, that happened during this campaign was anything like what, I, what I'm seeing and what I know of in the 2012 campaign, so... Okay, so let me, let me really quick, I, that's why I just wonder, I mean, it was very quick that Trump, what, three months ago, announced that he is running in 2020, and he named his web guy um, as his campaign director. And I'm thinking maybe they realize they need to go with this kind of method to Absolutely win. Absolutely, they do, right? yeah. So that, I mean, that, it's like yeah. the movie Moneyball, if you've seen the movie Moneyball. I mean, it just, the, the game has changed the 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 methods are completely different and if if that is not used if that is not deployed there are there are move on organization that um you know the political action yeah, move on, move on. Org. Yep, yep. uh they have people trained on the local level that have taken the data and the models that were used for Obama and they've morphed it down to the local level and they're using that data science and predictive analytics to determine how many people do they need to turn out for a sheriff election, for a, you know, midterm election, for a whatever it is that they're going after. They know exactly how many people they need to go after, and they know exactly who it is they need to target you to know get what, those numbers I, in I, there. And can you hang on with me? I want to talk to you about that because, again, you know, we, we keep talking about Facebook, too, and they're getting that information by just analyzing Facebook or paying some vendor to go onto Facebook and get all kinds of information using apps and algorithms. I want to talk about that, uh, if you don't mind, how it's going to happen, how it's going to impact on local stuff. And then, you know, how they were able to find people and knock on their door based on information they're putting online. Hang with me, if you don't mind, okay? Can you, Sheila? Yes. All right, thank you very much. Don't sound too excited about it. No, we'll continue. 734, more coming back in five. Here's Fox. 742, thanks for hanging out with me and continuing. Gary Lewis with you, KNSTAM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk tonight. Beer Club for Men, Mr. Ons, Oracle, and Rudis. So I'll be there from 5 to 7, but the extended happy hour is 4 to 8. Get there early, get a seat at the bar, on the patio, wherever you want. It's a great time. Let's continue with, uh, oh, I forgot. Ah, we'll skip the three things. Let's go to Sheila. I'm sorry. I'm, bra- I'm breaking protocol, but it's all right. Sheila, thank you yeah. for hanging with me. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> No Are you having fun? Could you predict in your analysis with numbers you'd have fun this morning? No, I'm not, not being so tired. <laughs> I'm so doing I'm, finals, so I'm, I'm un- kind of tired. But. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm unpredictable. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> let me just ask you. This is kind of weird. Okay, so we have Facebook as the big thing where Obama gathered a, a lot of data, but it wasn't just Facebook. 
No. Where else are people, or else these organizations, finding out information on people besides Facebook? Where's Facebook, most of it or a lot of it? And I have a lot of questions here. And then once they get that, after you tell us where they get all the information about you and me, how do they find us to contact us and know where we live? Okay, so um, they did. They they used uh, big data banks like Catalyst, and there were other um, companies, but that was the biggest one. They gather information from Facebook groups, um, interest news feeds, Yahoo, Google, activism sites. Um, you know where you go and you post your opinion on things, Twitter posts, pick chat. They 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 aggregate huge big, huge databases, yeah. and um, and so they basically just trawl all of that information, and they, they discover certain things, and they group people by certain types of things, like um, this, this group from age A to B has environmental concerns with an income greater than 58000 a year. They have children, and then there's other ones that are sports fans and no children, and um, they categorized certain kinds of people and they built models to understand what, um, what is influential with those groups. And then they, um, they also contacted them in <clears throat> experiments using the phone to determine um, <clears throat> persuasion scores and, and assign those to particular types of people. And um, so they can hang on a second, a hang on a second. They can sorry, actually figure I'm sorry. They can actually figure out how persuadable people may be based on information that they share on social media and other places. Um, they actually did. Uh, they did. A, um, they made phone calls to people and uh, they, they communicated with them in a variety of ways. A, a small subsample. They, they did experiments that were controlled experiments and they. Um, they contacted them and they determined a persuasion score um, based on how individual preferences changed over time. So um, they said this, and then um, maybe in a month from then they said this, and then in two months from then they said this. So they did these experiments and they um, they determined how what what types of people are most easily persuaded, and those are the people that they were targeting to to get to turn out to vote. So it wasn't necessarily they weren't going after people that they knew were Republican and or likely to vote Republican or Democrat and likely to vote Democrat. They were targeting people that they knew, um, people that they knew were in populations, maybe swing voters or, um, you know, that sort of thing. And then they assigned persuasion scores to them and they they basically would use that and prioritize that based on specific issues, which, which types of things were those particular people interested in, what were their buzz issues, and those were the things that they would connect with them with. And how do they find them? How do they find their home address and they go knock on their door? Wouldn't people be freaked out about that? Um, I, well, I think part of what they did was, like I said, the, the, the network. They trawled yeah. and they, they, cons- they consumed almost the entire U.S. network on Facebook. So they, they, a lot of the messages that they would give to people, it wasn't just, it was door-to-door stuff, but it was also uh, using those seed node networks I was talking about to you earlier, the close friends and family, and they right. would stimulate that center node and get messages uh, rippling out. They would ask them, tell your own story, the, the 
the people that were already on board because they knew they knew to an exact science how much information that they should distribute to certain kinds of people and when and and regarding what and it, it was um it was very very precise it was very um it's disturbing because it's it's artificial it's very artificial it's 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 basically using things that in predictive analytics data science they use to persuade you to buy a shirt or a pair of shoes mm-hmm. that the ad pops up on your page. They're using that to get you to buy a political candidate. Exactly. And it, it's just, it's kind of creepy. I, I just, I thought it was creepy. So I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't want to get to the, you know, I, I have so many more questions. I hope you can stay with me, but I also, I'm yeah. just curious. I mean, is the answer to all this stuff that everybody should just get off social media and stop putting personal information about themselves out there? Will that stop this, or is it just too late for that? They'll they'll figure out how to reach I, I, us. I don't think it's going to stop it. I, I don't know that it's kind of like um, I think it's it's happening. I think what we need to make sure is that it's an equal level playing field. That it's not oh we're trying to get this particular candidate elected, so we're all going to bend over backwards and create these incredible models, and we're going to you know exhaust ourselves and do this thing that's just to to have him elected, which to me is like, I'm not really sure that, uh, you know, there's some investigations going on regarding this because they're not sure whether or not it was considered a contribution to a, um, a political campaign by virtue of have you know, they knew, like you said earlier, that they were gaining access to, you know, the basic huge, much bigger network than the people that said, Yes, you can look at my data. They were looking at their friends and family and, you know, just trawling and they just sucked up almost everything. And, you know, having, having that be, um, in play in an election when not everyone has access to it and everyone is doing it is extraordinarily unfair. It's like, um, so in the future, I don't know that it's going to be any different. I just think that people need to be aware that it's in play and especially um, where it's going to be very um, powerful and concerning to me is when it gets down to local elections yeah. because so so much fewer voters come out for those elections. There's just, the turnout isn't as great. They're like, oh, well, we got the president and everybody is all happy. And not as many people feel compelled to go out and vote for sheriff or vote for governor or vote for mayor or vote for school boards. And these are where, I mean, your show talks about it all the time, you know, different policies going on in Tucson and things that you don't like that are happening in school boards or in, in um, you, you know, you're always mm-hmm. talking about that. Well, the, the, the thing that, that's a, a real issue is when you have such small populations, they can run their models and say, well, if we get, you know, some small number of people to turn out, We'll we're win. going to win those yeah. positions, and we're going to we're going to amplify this across the country. And it's that's the that's the blue wave, or you know what they're talking about, where they're talking about, um, you know, having the liberal progressive agenda. This is what they're doing now. So you think that that's why they they think there's going to be a blue wave because they think they can get just enough people to come out and enough Republicans, since the Republicans don't do it as well as the Democrats, they won't have as many people show up in the midterms. That's what you're thinking. Exactly. They're okay. playing. Yes, exactly. And I and I'm like, you know, the only way that this is going to be countered is for 
for people that believe, and I'm not just saying Republican because, you know, honestly, I, I, um, I'm an independent, but there's no point in being one because there's never any candidates that actually win. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, but I mean, I, I tend to be, you know, not necessarily on the far right of, of the GOP thing with the Tea Party and everything. I, although I don't knock them, I, 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 um, I just identify more closely with, with GOP on, and conservatism. I'm, I'm, I'm a constitutionalist and, and I believe the only way that we're going to, um, retain we there is it's not like over with they have a lot of control of the media and the psychological advantage they have is to pump out there that the war is lost you know exactly. uh, we're going to win yep. this whole thing's going to happen what has to happen is every single person needs to become aware of what is happening and reach out in their communities to their pe- to, to people that are friends and yeah, you know, there there has to be a dispelling of the notions. There's a lot of things that are being said. Yeah, well, hang hang on for me. I, 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 can you hang on for me? I got to take a quick time out. I want you to hang with me. It's not like you're doing anything else in life, as I'm totally taking it over. But we'll continue. Don't go anywhere, please. It's KNST. You're shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the word luck to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's luck to two hundred two hundred. 808, Garrett Lewis with you, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Thank you for hanging out. Three things I think you need to know. Number one, 61 people tried to cross the border illegally in Yuma, Yuma area. They were part of the caravan. Turns out one of them claimed to be a minor. He wasn't. And then he admitted to being an MS-13 gang member. But hey, it's cool that whole caravan opened borders. Yeah, it's cool, right? Yeah. Breitbart had that. I'll put it on my Facebook page, even though I'm not sure if I should do that now. Second thing I think you need to know. It's true. Uh, Axios reporting. Paul Ryan may be out by July, by the end of July, because they don't want a lame duck speaker. Uh, a GOP House member predicted he will be gone by the end of July. Man. We'll see. Third thing I think you need to know. How about this for the economy? U.S. weekly job reports. Uh, jobless claims. Excuse me. U.S. weekly jobless claims. Hold below 300,000 for the longest streak on record. Wow, why didn't that happen under Obama? I wonder. That's why people hate the media. Uh, three things I think you need to know. Let's go back with uh, Sheila. Sheila, I can't thank you enough, Sheila. She's a, a data analyst checking out all kinds of uh, pre- predicting things by the numbers and data. And it's, it's, it's pretty much an exact science, isn't it, Sheila? Yes. Okay, well, that's I'm a things. data scientist, yes. not a data analyst. But. So, again, should people be freaked out right now not using Facebook and Twitter? I'm just curious about that. Um, I think that the information is out there. I think that you can't take it back. It's already happened. There's a lot of modeling that has already occurred that has already categorized people across the entire nation. You okay. can't take it back. So let me ask this, too. I, I, I look at this as... They're taking advantage. Whether It's all politicians. Obama, the rest of them. Trump used a little bit of it, but relied on the RNC instead of Cambridge Analytica getting all the Facebook info. But it's almost like people are more trusting of information given to them by friends versus somebody on the radio or on a TV. That, you Absolutely. Because you know, basically, what's the difference between, you know, you watch Fox News and they got a person on the right giving an opinion, a person on the left giving the opinion. I think they're all full of crap. But you have the person on the right giving the opinion, and they want people on the right to believe that. But uh, they may be skeptical of it. But if they see a friend on Facebook say the exact same thing, they'll be more apt to believe it. Is that where this all comes from? 
they're yes, they're able to be persuaded more. Okay. You so know, that's you, what you asked a question earlier, and I wanted to hit it real quick. Sure. You asked about whether or not they know specific things about specific people going to your door. Yes. And and they do. They they by trawling the Facebook network, they know specific individuals. They 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 took all the data and they categorized, like I said, when you have you're interested in sports and you're between this age and you have this income and you have kids or you don't have kids. They categorize people and then they specifically know each individual out there they have in that category, but it's a specific person. They trawl your wall and they found out they find out what your buzz issues are and that's how they connect with you. So that's it's what they do. Not- they find they find out your buzz issues, everything about you. You have kids and they send somebody that's relatable to you to knock on your door to start a conversation. Um well so there's there's many assets aspects of it. There's part which is the the social media reach, which is uh, you know basically the messages that come through social media. And then there is also ground troops walking door to door, and they know in certain neighborhoods they have a very low voter turnout. Um, this this neighborhood tends to have this characteristic of person in there, and so they send people out door to door, and they start collecting that information, and they follow up with you in real time. They they this information as they're talking to you, you're interested. They actually know it from your Facebook profile. Um, you're, you're concerned about health care issues or you're concerned about um, environmental issues or whatever. And as they're talking to you, they're gathering information and they enter it into a database and they follow up with you by email and they follow up with you by phone. And they, it's very personalized and it's very precise. If you, if you subscribe to Move On, um, not because you want to know all about their organization or anything, but um, if you do, you see the exactness that they're using to persuade voters, which I, I was saying to you earlier, they know exactly how many people they need to, to show up at these um, midterm elections and the smaller elections, which is a much smaller sample than you have to get to turn out for the, for the presidential mm-hmm. election. And they know the people that they can convince. Um, from exactness down to the person, what 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 are their buzz points, and they and they they give them, you know, they have transportation to to get the people out to the vote, and they do all kinds of very personalized things that I'm concerned we don't have the equivalent for to to counter, and you know that's my passion is to get something like that going on the right for the Republicans. Yeah, for, okay. you know, well, Republican, independent people yeah. that voted for Trump. Yes, Because Trump it's voters. not just Republicans that exactly. voted for Trump. There's a lot of Democrats, yeah. former Democrats. My ex-husband is one. He's been a lifetime Democrat, and he voted for Trump. And that's why his ex-husband. Um, so let me let me ask you this. There's a No, he voted for Trump. Oh, he voted for Trump. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But at least he's ex-husband that way. Anyway. Okay, maybe you should get back. No, I'm just kidding. So, no, um, no, no. I got oh you. I got you. I'm not going to go there. So there's a story. <laughs> there, there's an interview. I'm just curious about this, if this has anything to do with it. Uh, in 2013, Maxine Waters, Crazy Maxine, did an interview with Roland Martin. And mm-hmm. she, I don't know if she slipped by accident or what, but she talked about Obama's efforts at establishing a database that will have information about everything on every individual. He already did, is what she said. Yes. So they all know he had about this and that gathered aspect. that information. He has a massive database, the likes of which you will, you know, you can't believe the things. It's because they know all kinds of things. And during his presidency, he did something called OpenData.gov. Like all the government um, organizations created an open data. So their repositories are now 
out there and able to be absorbed by data scientists, Mm -hmm. not the least of which was his team, who was absorbing all this information about neighborhoods and, you know, just tons of things, census information, all the different data that was the open data was sucked in, along with all the social media data and everything else. And, and those things generate models that are extremely precise. Now, let me ask and, you this. I mean, okay, because we're just short, short on time. So you have those models. Did he give those models to Hillary to use? Did she not want them? Because how did Hillary lose if she had all this? Um, well, I don't think they... <laughs> I think they didn't count on how many people were revolted by her that just really did not like her that felt like she so they, was they couldn't um, predict they couldn't predict that. No, I don't think they did. I think they I don't think they they anticipated people rejecting her to the extent in which so many people did and or or or, or I guess maybe even getting on the Trump train in that aspect they had no idea and I all I'm saying is that and I'm not saying predictive analytics is wrong I think there's a lot to it but I wonder if there's still an element to human beings to where they can be unpredictable in that aspect where you know all the polls showed Hillary winning except for like one or two and the media is trying to tell us like you said and this is what i say well, every that was day bogus. you know oh yeah those polls were bogus they weren't even based on reality yeah but you know the prediction models simulation models were accurate uh to like a 0.2% to predict outcome of of the election it for obama in ohio mm-hmm. 0.4 like not even 1% the inaccuracy was not even 1% in Florida, it was 0.4, and they were 1% too cautious in Colorado. Um, they predicted 57.68% of the early Ohio vote would go to Obama, and the actual was 57.16. So there were um, very, very, very precise models that they're able to build. The thing that they didn't count on was two things. People were really sick of what was happening to our country, and... Uh, that wasn't in their algorithm, yes. And then e- e- there is an unpredictability aspect to this, uh, but in general, I wouldn't count on it. I, they they know for a fact how many people are going to tend to show up in local elections. In you know, they they have this to such a precise degree that you can't count on such a massive thing that happened with with Hillary, which was twofold. One was Trump was, I mean, I have to tell you, that's why I voted for him is because everything I believed he was saying, and then I was like, yeah, right, he's just another politician. Yeah, I mean, I sat there for a couple months debating to myself whether it was real and it was just some kind of hoax. And I, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. and then I finally said, you know what? Come hell or high water, this is what I believe in, and I'm going to put my faith out there one more time. And I, I clicked the vote for him, and I, you know, I mean, so I think it was um, the messaging that he had, which really resonates with people. So all these rhinos that are, you know, attacking him are really attacking the people because mm-hmm. we listen to his message and that's what we believe in. And that's what I'm so, saying. Isn't that what got him elected then? So if there's someone that could speak very well, I guess Trump's the one. He didn't need a computer model. Trump somehow, maybe he's just one in a gazillion, but he got people to show up to go vote by himself. He did. You know? Yeah, he did. From I mean, like I'm telling you, my ex-husband and his family has been—they are die-hard Democrats—and they completely just lost them back. You know, during during the 2012 election is when they they lost them because they just, you know, the the message was gone. 
it was it, it had it had changed and become a very radical thing that they didn't believe in. Mm. And you know, the message that Trump was giving was more in line with what they believe. And so he's more of a centrist in in that sense. He's he's drawn people from all over the spectrum. Oh yeah, because it's it's about the country. Now, real, real quick, and I really appreciate the time. And Sheila is a data scientist. She predictive analysis. Am I saying that predictive analysis is that right? I'm just a radio host. Is that right? Predictive analysis? <laughs> predictive analytics. But yeah, analytics. It's, there you it's go. Okay. Predictive analytics. It's That's all okay. good. <laughs> I can't get these things correct. So um, something that you sent me, and I thought it was very interesting, is that Facebook, on Facebook's own website, they actually had, in August 30th, 2012, a post, Facebook apps bring the power of friends to the political process. They yep. were advertising for politicians yep. to use Facebook, right? Yes. To get data. Yep. Yeah. So they, and it was like, they basically invited any politician come to our website and get as much data as you want from people. Now, were they charging politicians for that? Were they selling the data or what was going on there? Um, you know, I don't, I, I, I saw that information too. And I, I'm not exactly sure. I'm, I'm assuming that it would be to purchase the data. Well, yeah, okay. Um, I, I guess it's really just Facebook developers. I don't developers. know what the, yeah. what the terms are, but they were uh, putting themselves out there along with a lot of these um, data science companies that were collecting the terabytes of data on everything under the sun. Um, you know, to the predictive analytics model for political campaigns, I mean, they're using it. Ted Cruz used it. Mm. You know, I mean, there's, there's, it is, it has changed. The 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 um, ground rules have changed for everything, and it's all based on that. Just like Moneyball, you know, the in sports, it's now it's just how it is. It's how they're how sports has been changed. It's not going to go back into someone with a a thumb in the air, you know, that they licked and they said, oh well, I think the wind's blowing this way. I mean, to some extent, I think there are people that. Um, have to have that kind of knack and savvy and it's just a compliment to it but it is a very integral part of how things have changed in politics and you know my big concern because I am a conservative my big concern is that people become aware of how precise they can anticipate a an election result and how much we have a gap in terms of getting out there, getting people that are volunteers to reach people that are conservatives and, and convincing them that they need to show up and, and cast a vote because otherwise elections will be lost. Well, I'm, hope, I'm hoping that Trump, since he named uh, his web guys as campaign director, they realize they got to do that. It's his party now. And that's what well, they're, what they're doing. Well, it's not just 2020. No, but it's, I'm it's after that, too. talking about all these smaller elections oh, yeah, where yeah. You, know, you're, you're, you talk on your show a lot of times about sheriffs and this, you know, I mean, all these different people that get elected that, you know, that we're not having people show up to say, no, we want this conservative in this place. Otherwise, you spend, you know, a year, two years, three years, four years complaining about the liberal policies that you can't stand that are happening in your city. And and this is a this is a pervasive web that is being rolled out across the country. And if you don't want that web to be something that you have to complain against every day of your life, yeah. then you need to 
do address something. it by showing up and voting. And I and I saw and I saw that uh, the, the big funding for this comes from George Soros is one of them. They pay yes. he pays for all this stuff, and there's not some big rich uh, eighteen billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, the Open Society Foundation, which is you know funding a lot of the you know Move On and you know all these different things with. Um, you know, all the protests and the buses that bring people out and do all this stuff. All of that is being funded. Local elections are being funded. He's trying to change the, um, you know, the judici- judiciaries, the judges mm-hmm. that get um, in place all over the country. I mean, this is a, they are, they are working on a scale because during you know, part of the IRS scandal and all that stuff is the funding of all these organizations and non-funding of conservative organizations. Well, the problem with that is they had a lot of time to mature and be trained in activism, grassroots stuff. All these things got put in place, and we had nothing equivalent on the conservative side. Except for Trump. And I'm concerned about that. <laughs> I know. I know, and that's on local. Last one for me, and and we'll say there's not some rich billionaire Republican guy that's given up his money to do all this. It's 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 just how the two different sides uh, compare. But last one, I looked at this Zuckerberg thing as uh, on Capitol Hill two days as like a big dog and pony show, because after talking to you and reading up about all this stuff, I'm thinking that these politicians really don't want anything to happen with Facebook because, and you tell me, I want your educated opinion on this. It seems to me they want the ability to go get all that information about people that is on Facebook and use it for their own political power to get reelected and influence. So why would they ever want to really ask hard questions of Zuckerberg and make his business more difficult? Am I right or am I right? Well, I think the two issues are separate. I think hmm. that, like we, like you asked me, um, will it ever go back to the past? And the answer to that is no, it's not ever going to be how it was before predictive analytics came into the picture. I think it's a given. All this data is being collected and it's, it's going, it's a given. It's the rules of engagement have changed. The second part of it is, uh, whether or not what happened in 2012 for the presidential election was ethical and, um, a level playing field for, uh, both political parties. So, I mean, I think, that that's my answer is that it's just two separate issues. One is, I think there's a separate investigation going on. But do you think these politicians really want to do anything? Because they're just, if they do something to stop it, then they lose access to all kinds of information they could use for themselves. No. Well, to be honest with you, Garrett, I think uh, right now you probably know more than most of them knew when they were uh, sitting in the chambers talking. Really? Not, not everybody, because clearly if you, in hindsight, if you went back and listened to all the different testimony, you'd, you'd see certain people were more aware than other people. But I think, by and large, most of them are completely unaware with what what any of this is even about. And they weren't really prepared to ask the hard questions. And they, they needed to have, um, you know, much more um enlightened people asking questions of him and being pointed and direct and perhaps that that has they you know he's been giving testimony to my to my knowledge and in a um investigation that's going on and and perhaps that those hard questions are being asked in that context but i i definitely agree with you that 
it was kind of like a show, you know, not really. It's like, you know, he, he spent his time teaching them about Facebook and teaching them about stuff, which was, you know, you know, to some degree it was, it was, it was laughable because it, yep. it's not, uh, and, addressing and, the, 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 the significant concerns and, you know, making sure that, um, a secondary contractor doesn't sell their data gathered for research purposes, educational purposes to a big data bank. I mean, the question that should have been asked is, has any other company, to your knowledge, including the company you use, Catalyst, ever aggregated data that was acquired under one purpose? Have they ever bought data from, you know, in a similar fashion from from a, a sub subcontractor or whatever. And I, you know, those kinds of questions didn't get asked and they should have. Like, like you said, you know, Zuckerberg and I, I, real, I know real last one, Zuckerberg said he never, he, you know, 2009 interview, we would never sell people's information. Never, never, never. And I got one of your notes to you go, how did he get, you know, how all of a sudden was he worth $6 billion? How did they make right. money if he didn't sell information? They don't sell, they sell ad space around the world for 6 billion. Really? You know, I know his stock value, but they had to be selling information. How are you, you making that much money in advertising on Facebook? I don't know. But I, I sent you a video where he mm -hmm. actually was talking to someone in the UK and saying he would never do that. Yeah, exactly. In the, the first yes. place. Yep. He would never sell people. That was their information. They owned it. And, you know, and then somewhere along the line, um, <clears throat> I think his model or his uh, – his decision about that radically changed, and it became something that he realized he could be extraordinarily wealthy um, selling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people, I think, most people going on there never realize the extent at which, I mean, like, if you go in and you pull out a copy of your data, you're going to find chats, phone calls. Yep. I mean, email, you know, friends. It's just... It's crazy. But isn't the, it and really, really quick? Personal I'm, yeah. stuff they know about me and you and yeah. that you, I mean, I don't, I can tell you most people would be like, no, I don't want them knowing all that stuff. So then, that's and then that's the thing, but it's their website, but shouldn't we then just not use it? We can't get mad at them. We just shouldn't use it anymore, right? Well, I don't. I personally, I mean, I have a really small little thing because I, some content on Facebook is you can't actually open unless you have an account and you're logged in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's the only reason. I, I left years ago. I know. Because I feel like it is, it's disgusting, the the, the violation of my, um, I feel like it violates my right to privacy. And, you know, I think, sure, the solution for me was that um, yeah, no, may not it. be the solution for everybody. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Sheila, please stay in touch. You have Ryan's info, my info. Please stay in touch, okay? I appreciate all your expertise on this. Yeah, no problem, Garrett. It was, it was, it was fun talking to you this morning. Same here. Thank you. Be well. That's uh, Sheila. We'll continue on KNST. Well, then. Hello, 844. Garrett Lewis with you. KNST AM 790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Three things I think you need to know. Number one, the caravan arrived, at least one of them, in America, of the uh, illegal aliens going through Mexico. And it turns out uh, 61 were caught, 61 people caught, crossing the border around Yuma. And uh, one of them said, I'm a minor. It turns out he wasn't. He was 18 years old. And on top of that, on top of that, 
He admitted to being an MS-13 gang member. Just part of the caravan. It's okay. Let it all in. We're all good, right? We're all good. Second thing that I think you need to know, Axios.com reporting Paul Ryan may be out. He may be forced out from his speakership by the end of July. That's what they're predicting. A senior GOP House member predicting he'll be gone by the end of July. Uh, They don't want a lame duck person running the show. And apparently Trump loves Kevin McCarthy. Um, will that be good for the Freedom Caucus? Nothing ever is. It's okay. Disagreement is actually, it's not bad. It's not bad. Third thing I think you need to know, uh, the economy, the media is not talking about it because they don't want you to know about it, but it seems to be going pretty, pretty, pretty well, if I can quote Larry David. Uh, jobless claims, U.S. weekly jobless claims, it held below 300,000, now for the longest streak on record. Longest streak on record. Wow. Means fewer people are losing their jobs, applying for benefits, that kind of stuff. Wow. Three things I think you need to know. Now, uh, do you have anything to say about this whole situation that we just talked about with Facebook, the Democratic Party's getting and the Republican Party getting information from you, Obama using it in a very smart way? Um, I, I get it. I get the whole money ball thing. I get it. And Sheila's very smart, predictive analytics. She's more worried about, as you heard, the, the local elections in that aspect. They, they have boots on the ground. That's what frightens her. On the other hand, I'm going to look at all this, and I say, all right, Moneyball, the Oakland Athletics did not win the World Series. Right? They didn't win it. They try to predict what's going to happen. Take, take a pitch. Take two pitches. Take three pitches. Sign this guy. He gets on base to get the perfect team together. I get it. I get it. And it's, it's another good tool to use. And I also get the fact that uh, Obama used Facebook in 2012 to spread the word. And it's easy, you, you're more important. If somebody on the TV tells you to go buy a product, it doesn't have the same impact as if your friend that you know and you trust tells you to go buy that same product as well. So that's why instead of having somebody that you don't know, like on TV, some you know, dolt in a box, you should do this and you should do that. And you're like, huh? Versus somebody that you know and trust saying you should do this, giving the same message. They break down the walls uh, of truth, of trust. They break down the barriers. A little bit of social engineering. In, in that aspect. But, the, you, but then and I look back and, and somebody put on my Facebook page, this has been happening for a long time, way before social media. And that's true. But now it's more direct. I, I, is, it, is it me or is it more direct? And, they can and find more, out more about you. Because yeah. why people are, and, and you can't blame Obama for this. And you could say it's creepy and she said it's creepy. And it is creepy. But people willingly put their own information out there for people to see. I think we hit the saturation point, though. I think we, I really believe in my gut, and I could be wrong, but I really think that we've hit the, the top of the mountain when it comes to the social media by people putting as much out there. I think now people are getting more and more skeptical. Maybe in the next generation. I know I'm, I, I can't tell you what you're going to do with your kid or what someone's going to do with their kid, but with my kid, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him the dangers of putting all your information out there, right? I'm going to tell him the dangers of how people can see your information. To this day, I don't know why people put all kinds of stupid pictures and crazy stuff on their Facebook pages or whatever they use, Instagram, because employers go straight to it. As soon as somebody applies for a job, they go to Facebook and search the name. Instagram and search the name. And you can be the most qualified person ever, but if all of a sudden it looks like you're doing some weird stuff, man, oh yeah, you know what? You're not getting a phone call. You're not getting a reply. Yet people are stupid enough to continue to do that stuff. I, I don't get it.
everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants yeah, attention. Yeah, I want to be seen. Uh, like me, like me, like me, like me, well, like me. Everybody, a lot of a people, lot of people. Want, want that. I don't want and to be And it's seen. it's a it's a it's a bit much. Don't look at it, me. It's a bit much. So there's that. 880-KNST, 880-5678. If you'd like to comment on it, feel free. Um, it's kind of eye-opening. Ryan will put that up. When do you think you'll have that up at KNST.com? Or on my iHeart channel, I'll put it on KNST.com. I could have it up in during the next break. Okay, let's do it. Uh, and, and, and your reaction to all this stuff, does this make you want to stop using Facebook and Twitter and things like that? Do you get mad at me when I say like and follow my Facebook page? I feel like a hypocrite when I say that now. We'll continue. We'll get your reaction. It's coming up. KNST AM 792 sounds most stimulating talk. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Uh-huh, 909. It's Thursday, April 12th. No way. Really, it's up there. Okay, Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Holy smoke. There are three things that I think you need to know. Number one, remember that caravan of migrants headed our way? Well, apparently 61 of them crossed the border in the Yuma area earlier this week. Uh, One of them claimed to be a minor. Turns out he was lying. He's 18, and he admitted to be a member of MS-13. But hey, let them all in. They're good people. They're just trying to escape violence. They're just trying to escape it. Oh, yes. Give me a break. Second thing that I think you need to know, Paul Ryan, according to Axios, may be out by the end of July. That's what a GOP insider is telling them, because they don't want a lame duck speaker. Can't get anything done. Can't cut deals. Blah, 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 blah. That's, that's what happens. Um, and of course, the Daily Beast has a story exiting House Republicans see a big wave coming after Speaker Speaker Ryan calls it in. The exiting ones, the exiting ones, and the Daily Beast is a lefty site. Maybe there will be one. I don't know. There shouldn't be if they can get their message across. But then you hear the whole thing that we just did with Sheila about having to get the right amount of people to get out and vote. Crazy, isn't it? Can they really target the millennials on Facebook when the millennials don't trust Facebook? To get out and vote. We'll see. Third thing I think you need to know. See, when it comes down to the actual facts of things, the economy seems to be doing quite well. Quite well. We're in the longest stretch, according to the Wall Street Journal. They have a story today. This is really cool stuff. Uh, U.S. weekly jobless claims hold below 300,000 for the longest streak on record now. Whoa, baby. How about that one right there? There's all kinds of great economic news. Feds have collected a record individual income tax through March despite the fact that they actually cut tax rates. What? That's called jobs. J-O-B-S. Jobs. 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 How about that? Oh, and there's more great economic news also. Um, the Gateway Pundit has a story about uh, first quarter profits. Should be the best first quarter ever. We'll get to that. Three things I think you need uh, to know. All we do is win, win, win. You think so? He does. 
And again, don't you, I mean, all these people want to downplay this whole situation. By the way, Paul Ryan's out. There's a big blue wave coming. It's happening. What the hell have the Democrats done to actually get people to go vote? What do they stand for? It's like, yeah, they're going to change things for the better. They're going to raise taxes. And that, yeah, that's, what else do they do? What else do they do? Uh, get rid of the borders. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's nothing in there that says, wow, they're going to make everything better. I, I'm, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Free tacos on Tuesday? Yeah, maybe. That would definitely motivate would, some people. I'll you know? be motivated. Oh, really? Uh, story of Gateway Pundit. U.S. corporations expect best first quarter profits ever. Net income after taxes expected to increase 14%. After taxes? Net income increase of 14%? What? Holy smokes. Things are actually working out quite well. But the media doesn't want you to know that, like like Sheila said, and she agrees with me and I agree with her. The media just wants to beat you down to make you think everything's bad and you shouldn't go vote. And I say it's a bunch of bupkis. But what do I know, right? <clears throat> um, I don't want to say I had a conspiracy theory. I just had a, a random thought in my head during the break, too. I, and we'll get to the Bank of America story in just a second. Uh... But if I can recall this, sorry, I got very excited about the economic news. Um, and I'll, I'll get back. I had, I had a conspiracy theory, thought, whatever you want to say. I know you hate the word conspiracy, the term conspiracy theory, Ryan. Uh, it's like when people say there's a loophole. There's no loophole. It's the law. That's what the law is. There's no loophole. It was designed that way for a reason. Um, but it was about Facebook and getting people out to vote and things like that and blah, 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 blah. But hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. I'm, 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 I'm losing it. it. I, I know for some reason, it just all of a sudden my mind went blank. It's like they're controlling my mind and they don't want me to say it. But it was something really good too. Now it's going to bother me. Man, I'll remember it. I'll remember before the end of the show. Well, they haven't even started to look at the, the addictiveness of Facebook. Yeah, but everything's addictive. A video game's addictive. Oh, Pizza's not. addictive. Sugar's well, yeah. addictive. Ice cream's addictive. Driving fast could be addictive. Everything could be. I hate this have whole you, thing. But that, have you stopped to think about what makes it addictive? People like to be liked. There you go. I know. One little updute. Yep. Ooh, who likes my stuff? Ooh, who's saying things about me? Ooh. I got another one. I got another one. I got another share. I know. Yeah. I get it. Do you? Listen, we all want to be that way. When I was in college, I wanted to be on ESPN because I was into sports more than anything else. And I thought it'd be so cool if you go around and people recognize you and you're like, oh, look at that guy. You know, oh, it's so cool. Your face on TV. And even when they started getting the radio, you hope, oh, is that person going to recognize my voice? And the more you do it, you're like, whatever. I hope they don't. You know, I hope they don't. There have been times where we walk into um, my neighbor. Oh, God bless her. We were invited over for her kid's birthday. And and this is just, it's like, oh, come on. Because you never know what people are going to say or think or do. And then my wife gets mad. I mean, I'll argue with the best of them. But all of a sudden, we walk into the, to her house, and she's like, hey, everybody, it's Garrett Lewis. the Garrett Lewis show. I'm like, oh, God, shut up. You can at least tell her to get the show shut name right. Up. I know, that too. <laughs> That's a good point. I'm like, it's not the Garrett please, Lewis please show. Please don't, please don't do it. But there's a girl that was just hired to be one of our uh, music stations, one of the DJs. And she's like, I can't wait till I'm famous. And I'm like, oh, God, there's the Facebook phenomenon. Reality show. It's all there. And it's human nature. It's like everybody gets upset about it. It's human nature. Until it gets old. <laughs> <laughs> it's like marriage. It's human nature until it gets old. No, I'm just, anyway, oh, I know. And now, now, now I'm in trouble. Now I'm in trouble. 
Go home to mommy. Yeah, again, it may happen. It may happen. Uh, really quick, before Bank of America, this is a great story. Uh, Daily Caller, white Democrat, quote, I'm a member of the African-American community. I mean, you want to talk about appropriating culture. A white North Carolina Democratic candidate brushed aside questions earlier this week about ensuring diversity in his state by saying he is a member of the black community. (laughs) House of Representatives candidate Gary Shipman said he doesn't need to worry about diversity because he has experience he already had he has already experienced it as this is they didn't write this correctly he's already experienced it as a member of the african-american community reported the news and observer wednesday quote i'm a member of the african-american community he said i've been where you are i've been in your communities he was at an outreach event uh leaders were asked how they intend to get black people excited by their campaign and how they'll raise diversity. So he said, even though he's white, I'm a member of the black community, the African-American community. Can't say black, that's too mean, apparently. When one female candidate offered to go to African-American events in the community, Shipman said he didn't need an invitation because black people already view him as one of them. (laughs) Dude, if a Republican said this, he'd be the lead story everywhere, and they'd be making fun of it like there's no tomorrow. He later explained his comments saying he doesn't really believe he is black, but he was just trying to illustrate how embedded he is in the community. What is he, Steve Martin? (laughs) (laughs) I was born a poor black child. What if he said that? (laughs) Well, it'd be pretty funny. Uh Uh Uh-huh. It gets even better. It gets even better. He wrote an email to the News Observer as he explained the comments. The News and Observer, quote, I've eaten at many a fish fry held by my brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles in that community. Oh I know. I've celebrated birthdays, births, marriages, graduations, Christmas, Thanksgiving, July 4, etc. with many members of the African-American community. And that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Shipman previously decided to enter the race to challenge current Republican representative Holly Grange because he believed it's indeed time for our priorities to shift back towards the things that our state and region have historically stood for and represented. Says the white guy that says he's black. He's like that. What's that chick? Oh, I forgot her name. Oh, uh, uh, Rachel Dolezal. Dolezal. Dolezal, Dolezal, Dolezal. Yeah, her. Her. Freaking fool. And if you missed it before, we'll go to the Bank of America story just coming up. Um, can Can you play... Uh, the Augie Romero comment from yesterday, again, the Pueblo high school principal that'll be out of a job in a month, thank goodness. Good for the rest of us in this community, especially the kids. Uh, he is the TUSD uh, principal at Pueblo High School. He was a big proponent, founder, everything pusher of the Mexican-American Studies program that promoted divisiveness and hatred and uh, anti-whiteness and all kinds of stuff, right? And then they made a principal. And uh, he got fired because he got caught well, his contract was rescinded, a.k.a. fired, not bringing him back, because he got caught changing the grades of six students so they can graduate, undermining the teachers. I mean, this is illegal, by the way, too. So when he was uh, when they brought this up, they said, you can't do that, you're fired. Of course, he said, that's not the reason I was fired. He was fired because he's Hispanic, and the white people that voted to fire him are racist. Listen, here we go. This is a history of racism. That board is racist. Board is racist. Oh, They're racist. They're racist. They're just racist. They're racist. And racist. Just because they are. They're white. That's why they're racist. 
Wish he would have said that. That's what he. That's what he. That's what he means. So anyway, right? Anyway, um, Adelita Grajalva is also on the school board. Of course, she wanted to keep this guy because it's all about Mexican American studies and blah blah blah. This is Raul's daughter. The uh, <clears throat> the barstool breaker. So Adelita was asked by KVOA, do you think that it was racist that he was fired because uh, the board is racist toward him? And this is what she said. I do. Mm. I do. I think that there are ties to the fact that Dr. Romero has always and consistently pushed for higher achievement for our children of color. So apparently they're like, we don't want that. We don't want the high achievement, right? We no, 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 no. I don't want that. And as Ryan brought up three hours ago, does he not want white children to do better? Hmm. So uh, everything's about race. Don't you just love that? That's what it is. All right, so we'll continue. 920-880-KNST, 880-5678. You can react to the Sheila interview. Are you getting off Facebook? Are you getting off this? I mean, is it too little, too late? Does it matter? Does it not matter? Um, now. We'll get to that. Also, the Bank of America. Bank of America is weird, man. They are they are not investing in. I mean, they it's like they are becoming a social justice warrior bank. They're not going to invest in uh, companies that produce weapons of war, military style weapons. And they're great. And then they stopped. I didn't realize they stopped investing in a particular industry to try to save the planet. We'll get to that as well. KNST AM seven ninety Tucson's most stimulating talk. Leading talk nine twenty eight. Thank you for hanging out, Mister Ons. Tonight I'll be there. Five to seven beer club for men. Women are welcome because we like to look at nice things. Huh? 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 No? Nothing? Thank you. No, it's true. Listen. Enjoy that couch. Listen, I have no pride. Deep, dark, dirty little secret here. I know. I know that the women that do show up at the beer club for men just look at me up and down all the time, too. And I'm okay with that. Like, I don't blame you. So then don't get mad when I say that we like to look at, you know, uh, good-looking women. It's just, it's natural. I'm not saying we like to grab them by anything. I'm just saying we like to look at them, okay? Bottom line is just go to the beer club. We have a good time. (laughs) When I look at Garrett, I want to go eat some shrimp. What does that mean? That's anti-Semitic. That's short. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, my come on. Sunny and 84. Sunny and 84 today. It's going to be beautiful, Mr. Ron's tonight on the patio, so I hope you get out there. Yeah, okay, thank you. Uh, So, okay, really, before Bank of America, this is what I was thinking of with this whole Facebook thing. I'm not being conspiracy theory, but just just follow me on this. So if the uh, politicians really love Facebook for being able to just get all of the data they need to reach people to vote for them, Mm -hmm. what if this whole diamond and silk thing was orchestrated? What if Facebook cooked up a deal with some politicians and said, you know, we're going to distract people, right? Look at this hand over here so we don't see what the other hand is doing. What if we just cause a big hullabaloo and say that we basically banned or not banned or just weakened the reach of Diamond itself? We targeted them because they're conservative. Then the whole outrage is all about that instead of this other stuff, like we talked about today with Sheila. Collecting analytics? Yes. And using it, and they all are. And then, and then, or maybe Facebook did that on their own. What if Facebook just targeted, right before the hearings, they targeted Mm -hmm. Diamond and Silk, and then that way it could be brought up in the hearings, and then Facebook looks like a hero, and Zuckerberg looks like a hero, because during it, he's like, you know, we made a mistake. 
and we're going to fix that. And then everybody's like, good, good, yeah. And they fixed it, and we have nothing else to yell about about Facebook, so we move on and go with something else in our life. Maybe that's what happened too, huh? It's a good play. It, it's a pretty good play, isn't it? Pretty good play. All right, I want you to hear this real fast. Let's do number five, oh, let's do number five first. Before we get to Bank of America not wanting to work with anybody that manufactures military-style firearms, on Bloomberg TV, Anne Finnecane, I think that's how you say her name, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. She was on Bloomberg TV. She's with Bank of America, one of the big shots with what they, uh, you know, they invest with. If you invest with Bank of America, they put their money in that stuff, blah, blah, blah. That's what they do. So um, guess what industry Bank of America purposely did not put any money into? Listen to this. Here we go. You guys are one of the first financial institutions to reduce your work with coal companies. What's next? Well, I think that we have to continue to reduce uh, our exposure. We've reduced our portfolio about 80 percent and uh, we'll continue on that road. But I think what's next is to then um, put the money into and the effort into renewables. We do multiples uh, in, in terms of renewables uh, versus fossil fuels in terms of new deals. So I think the more we see of that, the more that it works, the more that it's reliable, that's where we're going. Wow. So Bank of America stays out of coal, yet coal, I mean, if you, I guarantee if you look at the coal companies, their stock is shot through the roof because Trump got in there and stopped the war on coal. And solar, wind, this, that, they don't really make money because they need to be subsidized. And that's what Bank of America is investing in? I'd like to have your investments with Bank of America. Makes no sense. No sense. And then another booming industry, firearms. Bank of America wants to cut away from doing business with that. They're a social a social justice bank. I have more on that. We'll get to it coming up. 932, you can comment. 880-KNST, 880-5678. You got to hear what they said about manufacturers of military-style firearms. It's coming up on KNST. Here's Fox. Yep, 942. Thanks for hanging out. Mr. Ons tonight, 5 to 7. I'll be hanging out there for the Beer Club for Men. It's our monthly meeting. Now, there are three things I think you need to know. Number one, uh, you have this uh, this story, and nobody's really talking about it. Breitbart had it. I'll put it on my Facebook page. It sounds weird me saying that now, but I will. Facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it so we can stay in touch. Um, Border Patrol agents down in the Yuma sector say about uh, 61 people. 61 people. From the migrant caravan, tried to cross the border earlier this week. 59 Guatemalans, one Mexican national, one Salvadoran. Guess what? The one that claimed to be a minor from Salvador was 18. He lied, and it turns out he was a member of MS-13. Wanted to get to Los Angeles. But it's a good group of people. They just mean well, right? When it's a whole bunch of younger men that are trying to get here. No, they're just trying to escape uh, bad areas. They're not gang members. No, shh. Second thing that I think you need to know, Paul Ryan, Axios is reporting, may be out by the end of July because nobody wants a uh, lame duck speaker or something like that. Third thing, I think you need to know, it's as simple as this. The economy's looking pretty good. Wall Street Journal has a story, U.S. weekly jobless claims hold below 300,000 for the longest streak on record. On record. Feds collect despite the tax cut. Yes, people paying lower tax rate, but the feds have collected a record individual income tax through March. Oh, man. How did that work out? 
Yep, that's true. And then, uh, by the way, all this stuff going on, Rasmussen still has the president at 50% approval. 50% approval rating. Three things I think you need to know. Um, let's get back to the Bank of America stuff. So Bank of America, and I'll put this video on my uh, Facebook page and on my page at KNST.com. Bank of America. I mean, they, uh, they, they are social justice warriors. And, you know, I thought about this. When my wife and I first got married, we combined bank accounts. I had very little. She had a lot. It was a good deal for me. Now it's the other way around. You're too, Ryan. You like that? Oh, yeah. She had an account at uh, Bank of America. We joined accounts. Next thing you know, this is going back to like 2006. Um, the whole push for the McCain-Kennedy amnesty bill was going on, everything else. Bank of America was bragging at the time that they were accepting matricular consular cards so people can open accounts. It's not real ID. It's these wannabe IDs that the Mexican consulate would hand out to illegal aliens. So they could open up bank accounts. And Bank of America's like, sure, we'll do it. Oh, yeah. So I went in to close our account to my wife. That's it. We're not doing any banking at Bank of America. And I closed the account. As I'm closing the account, this was a fatal mistake of the lady at the local Bank of America in Waco, Texas, where we were living. She's like, well, why are you doing this? I said, because you guys accept matricular consular cards, and I don't believe in that. You guys are catering to illegal aliens. I don't like that. And she looks at me, she goes, you know, that's just a lie in the media. You can't believe everything the media tells you. And me being the gigantic Waco talk show host that I was, I said, lady, I am the media. <laughs> I got mad. I never say these things much. But um, she just looked at me, I said, I know this. I talk about this. This is what I do. You're wrong and you can't lie to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, she's just looking at me like, who are you? <laughs> but it's true. I was like, I am the media. I talk about this. Can't say we're lying. I'm whatever. So I'm done with it. So we just played the sound by the Bank of America saying that they were one of the first to stop investing, having any there. If you go through some kind of investment with Bank of America, they got out of their portfolio anything involved in coal, which, by the way, what a dumb move because coal is flying right now. Coal companies, everything. Trump ended the war on coal. He's all about it. They're huge right now. And Bank of America's like, we don't want that because we don't believe in that. Great. Well, now about to guns. Let's go back to the Bank of America chick. Uh, what the hell is her name? Anne Finucane. Anne Finucane. And she was on Bloomberg. And uh, this happened. Here we go. I feel like from an ESG perspective and media perspective, it was coal for a while, the war on coal. Right. And now I feel like it's guns. What's Bank of America's stance on lending to gun companies that manufacture certain weapons? Well, let's just start with uh, we want to contribute in any way we can to reduce these mass shootings. Uh, I mean, that's oh. it's such a tragedy in the United States. So that's number one. We do have a few uh, manufacturers of military-style firearms. We're in discussions with them. We have let them know that we are going to, we, it's not our intent to uh, underwrite or finance um, military-style firearms on a go-forward basis. You know that she's talking about AR-15s. Dumb as hell. That guy from, uh, what, what town was that in North Carolina? Remember we played that rant? He needs to go talk to her. Military-style firearms. AR-15s? What do they look scared? What, what kind of a dumb business? Bank of America invests billions of dollars of people's money. And they're making a decision to not invest your money in a category that the stock is soaring. Based on stupidity. Stupidity. 
Did you see there was a story in the Washington Free Beacon today? You probably didn't see, but it's my job to give it to you. Do you know what industry is doing gangbusters right now? Guns, firearms, job growth is huge. Huge. This is unbelievable. Uh, where is this? Yeah, report gun jobs up nearly 90% since 2008. Gun industry economic impact up 169%. And Bank of America is like, well, we just don't really like what that is. Of course, they don't even realize that out of all the mass shootings, two. Two of them had AR-15s. The rest were handguns. What an idiot. Let's continue. So does that mean that you are going to get out of lending to companies that manufacture military-style weapons that's used for civilians? Yes. Full stop, 100%. Yes. What about retailers that sell uh, those guns, etc.? Would you be looking at that as do. well? Well, the problem with that is that gets into civil liberties and Second Amendment. Mm. and uh, I mean, that's a good public dialogue, but that's a ways off. For us, we have a, just a handful of manufacturers. They know what our intentions are. We have had um, uh, intense uh, conversations what? over the last uh, few months, and it's our intention not to finance uh, these military-style firearms for civilian use. What was the reaction? Mixed. Mixed? In, uh, in what way? We'll just li- leave it at that. There are clients, and right. uh, we have enjoyed a relationship but you know there are those that i think that will reduce their portfolio and will work with them and others that will choose to do something else so there you go i mean it's imagine investing based on social justice that seems to be what bank of america is doing right maybe you like that though maybe i doubt you do but maybe some people like it because they they just don't think wisely but whatever uh you know there's it, one other thing we'll get to did you hear the latest thing Los Angeles is doing to fight back against global warming and climate change? They never call it global warming anymore, though. It's climate change. Sorry. Do you, do you know what they're doing? Um, it's, it's comical. It's crazy that people actually are okay you having their tax dollars used this way, but I'll tell it to you coming back in about uh, four minutes. It's, it's really that incredible. It's really that incredible. We'll continue in four. It's 9.50. Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Radio Station. President Trump speaks out about Syria. I'm Rich Dennison, Fox News. Meetings continue on a possible military response. Fox's John Decker is live at the White House. Fox News has learned that Defense Secretary Mattis will attend a national security meeting at the White House this afternoon. Mattis telling the House Armed Services Committee that President Trump has not yet made a decision about retaliating against Syria after the suspected chemical weapons attack on civilians last weekend. The president also noncommittal. We're looking very, very seriously, very closely at that whole situation, and uh, we'll see what happens, folks. We'll see what happens. Mattis said that Congress will be notified first if the U.S. launches strikes against the Assad regime. Rich? John, Moscow is warning the U.S. and its allies against any steps that could destabilize the situation in Syria. Asked about a possible U.S. strike on Syria, President Vladimir Putin's spokesman Dmitry Peskov said today that it's necessary to avoid any steps that may fuel tensions in Syria. 
the president's pick to be the next Secretary of State, undergoing questioning at his Senate confirmation hearing. Fox's Jared Halpern joins us live on Capitol Hill. Now, CIA Director Mike Pompeo is offering views on several foreign policy fronts, including Syria and North Korea. There is work being done today in preparation for the president's uh, uh, proposed meeting with uh, Kim Jong-un. So, uh, American people, you should know there's there's work being done in preparation for that. And Pompeo told the Senate Foreign Relations Committee he will fill State Department positions left vacant by Rex Tillerson and also confirmed for the first time he has been interviewed by the special counsel in the Russia probe. He did not offer details on the questions and answers. Rich. Jared, things are looking up on Wall Street. All three major U.S. indexes are trading in positive territory this hour. The Dow up 366, the S&P 29 higher and 87 higher for the NASDAQ. Fox News, fair and balanced.